Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live-streamed event this Sunday, our live-streamed church services, and the Walk in Truth podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's our youth and young adult leader, Pastor Matthew Colomi, and the conclusion of his teaching in Luke 15 about how God loves to reclaim lost people. I pray that, that, that all of us are seeking to know Jesus more and more. And as we do, oh boy, there's going to be a party. Tell men's ministry to get the barbecues. Hey, tell everybody, hey, bring the festivities. We're going to have one big fellowship like no other. Come on, church. But the thing is, not all feel that way. See, Act 1 of the story is done, and when we get into Act 2, we see another son. Luke 15, verse 25 says, Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Verse 26, And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Verse 28. But he was angry and he refused to go in. See, we see now the older brother coming into the story that as he returns from the field to where he had been working and sweating all day long, we see that the The older brother sees that the younger brother has given the red carpet treatment. And as he draws near, as the older son draws near like the tax collectors and the sinners have to Jesus, he actually reacts like the Pharisees and the scribes do. We see him grumbling and being irate at the celebration, the joyful celebration of the brother's return. Now, we could say maybe this is because the older brother assumes that the, his, his younger brother only returned because he ran out of money, which is technically true. Maybe he assumes that, that he has blown it all and that he would receive the, the, the this and this and this type of lecture. I'm sorry, I only, that was the last time I'll do that. And maybe he assumes that his younger brother will be a hired hand. See, his anger does not seem justified. Or it does seem justified. And I mean, the older brother did stay home. He did obey his father. He did work hard. And he has upheld the interests of his family and held up the status of their name and did not bring shame among it. But we see where the older brother actually brings disgrace to his father's name. We think, man, this is the good son. This is the one who stayed. This is the one who did all that the father has done and told him to do. But see, as the brother has refused to publicly celebrate his younger younger brother's return, he gravely dishonors his father. See, Jesus tells this parable to the Pharisees and the scribes so that they can rejoice in the rejoicing of sinners repenting and returning to him. And so to desire of the same as the Father 
does of the younger son. But we see it continue in verse 28, the second section. As the older brother refuses to go into the, the, the party and celebrate, we see how the older son now interacts with the father. In verse 28, the, the second section says, his father came out and entreated him. See, the father leaves the festivities. He leaves the party. He leaves hosting the party to go out into the night to where the older son is. And now the father could have simply sent out slaves to say, hey, tell my son to get back here. Get him in here now. He needs to be here in two minutes. See then, the, the, the good son would have done that. But see, the father, out of his compassion, out of the same love that he has for the younger son, he has for the older son, he goes out to the older son that he loves. And he implores, he begs him to come in. He pleads him to come, but he doesn't command it. We see that the father is never bullying any of his sons but he longs for the relationship that is founded on a desire of love, that is the desire of knowing who the Father is, just like our Heavenly Father. But we see that the older son is not having it. We see in verse 29, the older son starts to list off his complaints, and he says, but he answered his father, look, these many years I served you. I never disobeyed you. Or, or I disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. But when this son of yours came, let's read that back, verse 30. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. See, it's not that the father... It's now that the father hears all the grievances from the older brother. The older son mockingly compares his faithfulness to the recklessness of his sibling. And we all have been there before. I have an older sister. I can't remember how many times. I got OCD issues, so I love everything clean. And man, I don't know how many times we would get into it because I'd be like, hey, look at my room. Did you see her room? Go check underneath her bed. Hey, I did my homework. The chores that you told me to do on Saturday, hey, guess what? I did them. And we try to compare one over the other. Trying to feel like that is how the way that we earn, that, that we grasp on to the love of our parents. But see, we see the real truth about the relationship this son has with his father. See, neither of his sons have a deep father-son relationship. The older brother stayed home with a heart of an employer seeking a paycheck. I don't care about who you are. He simply looks at his father as a boss. And you can see the older son believes that he is now being taken advantage of despite the hard work that he has put in years after years. But see, the older son fails to address his father with respect. 
and he launches into a list of complaints. I mean, he's saying literally, look, uh, for so many years, I have served you. For so many years, I've done what you've told me to do. I never left you. I never disobeyed you. His attitude actually shows that he belongs in a category of people who think that they do not need to repent. That repentance is something that they don't need to do. His attitude shows that he compares how good he has been, that he deserves his father's love, that I have earned it. And that that younger brother, man, all he deserves is his father's rejection. It also shows that, that his service was an act of, of works righteousness, that I have earned what I am owed, that I've done good, that there was no joy, it was simply out of obedience, that I'm doing this because I have to, not because I want to. And then he, his attitude shows a desire to celebrate with his friends. And that is actually no different from the younger sibling, his younger brother's desires, as he lived like him with his friends. See, with the, 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 the slaughter of the fattened calf, that would have fed most of the people in the village. It would be a party for everyone to celebrate the returning of the younger son. And we actually see the attitude of the older son, that he wants a goat, not a fattened calf, but a young goat that would simply only be able to feed a few people. See, the older brother would exclude both his father and his younger brother from the celebration. He represents what the Pharisees do. They stayed in their small little cliques and they didn't want to eat with others. It's the opposite of Jesus who invites everyone in the whole village, including the outcasts, to eat with him, to sit next to him, to know him. See, it's clear that the older son is more concerned about his lost property being wasted by his brother than he is about his lost brother who returned home. And now it shows. It doesn't show any love for him. There's no love between the older brother to the younger son. And, as the, and, and this is not a true son who loved his father or a true brother who desires his brother to come home. When the older brother says, but when this son of yours, but when this son of yours, it shows the connection that has been severed and not just talking about the brother to brother, but the brother to father. That son to father relationship is not there. He actually cherishes a broken relationship before of a broken father and younger son. And now he finds that there's no joy in restoration. See, it, it, it breaks my heart because how many times I wonder how many times, you know, especially in families, you know people. We know their history. We know their faults. We know their screw-ups. I pray that none of us have ever had a time where we've seen someone in here 
even in living truth or at another church, couldn't even be in a church. That is rejoicing in Jesus. And we look at them and go, I don't know about this one. You'll hear more from Pastor Matthew in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance at the next 633 event about navigating the times we are now living in with the coronavirus. We have this tremendous panel. These are professors from Biola University, like Dr. Jacob Daniel, Dr. Jim Johansson, and Tony Costello, who has an MA degree in apologetics and in theology. Some brilliant theologians, Mike Massaro, the voice of Walk in Truth, and yours truly, Pastor Michael Lance, will be there. We'll be part of a panel to take your questions and to help you navigate the times. Navigating the Times will be live streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel on Sunday, May 17th at 6.33 p.m. Subscribe for free today so you know when we're live. Visit walkingtruth.com and click on church. That's walkingtruth.com and click on church. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's step closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text step closer as one word to 33222. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Matthew, right here on Walk in Truth. I don't know about this one. I mean, like, did they really come to know Jesus? I mean, you know what they've done. You know what they said. And we, and we, we, we continually hold them to who they once were, not who they are in Christ. And we got to Continually focus our eyes on Jesus. We have a, a, a saying, a question that I put out to our students all the time. And, and I ask this question, and some of them get annoyed because I ask it so much, but, but it is the question of, who do you say Jesus is? Um, Tozer, A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the, great, the, the, the most important thing about us. When we get a clear view of God, when we know who we are in Him, when we find our identity rooted in Him as He has shown His love for us, how do we look at others? Do we look and celebrate, man, this, this lost son, this, this, this sinner has turned from death to life, to, to, from sleeping to awakened, from sick to being healthy. We see the father's declaration of not just the younger son earlier, but also the older son. 
In verse 31, it says, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. See, the father does not respond and talk about the younger son's behavior because that is not to the point of what he's trying to say. See, the younger son has been restored. He is in relationship with his father. And the father genuinely tries to restore the older son now to the family. And I love how he says, he calls him son. I look back on my life and, and for me, and I'll be honest as a guy, when my dad calls me son, it feels different than when he calls me Matt or Matthew. I remember when Randy was talking about his friend when he was cleaning up his son. You think about when a, when a father calls his child son. It's ownership. It's a connection. It's that sense I'm not alone. I am loved. See, the father does not dismiss his son's obedience. He reassures him that he that, that, that showing grace to his brother does not diminish his status with the father and his love for him. The father sought him out and treated him. And now the father wants the, the older son to celebrate that of the younger son returning home. Verse 32. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your younger brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. See, just as the Pharisees complains served as opportunities for Jesus to explain God's acceptance of sinners, the complaints of the older son give the father opportunities to explain the acceptance of the wayward son and the joy in receiving him. See, this conclusion drives home the point for those who have complained that God's grace is too random, that the road is so, so wide. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes will have eternal life. If we have enjoyed and if we rejoice in the grace that God has given to us, through faith in Jesus Christ, then our desire should be that all enjoy that same grace. See, this repentance of the conclusion of the first son, that that he was dead and has come to life again, that that he was lost, that is found, shows its importance. See, when the dead are revived, when the lost is found, when the sleepers are awoken, it is necessary to rejoice. Oh, man. Joy is the only option. But we see here, while the parable ends with the older brother still being outside, as he talks with his father, as the father pleads with him, it does not tell us if he goes in to celebrate. But what it does tell us is the invitation is there. It is open. And while sinners need to leave behind their faith, the righteous need to leave behind their self-righteousness. It is by grace through faith we are saved by the shedding of Christ's blood. 
as we put our faith in Jesus, there's nothing that I can do, that I have done, that I can, can even try to come to what Jesus has done on the cross. For who he is and what he has done, it's by faith and faith alone that I am saved, that you are saved. I, I, I wonder, as we wrap up and the band comes up, the question is this. What are you going to do? Maybe you've sat in church pews for your whole life and you, maybe you grew up going to church. Maybe you, you've heard about the Father's love, the, the love of God and simply decided to turn and run from it. And you sought out thing after thing, trying to find joy, happiness, contentment, we would even say. Trying to fill some type of peace in your life. And nothing fills it. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're the type that, you know, you, you, you've been doing the church thing for so long. That you've gone service after service. Maybe you serve at some capacity. And, you know, when you hear someone giving their life to Christ, saying, man, there is nothing greater that I desire in my life but to call on Jesus as Lord and Savior. My life is now His. All I want is to glorify Him in every action, in every relationship, in every word that I speak. I desire to bring Him the glory. And we sit there in our pews and give a golf clap. The Father, representing God, reminds us that God pursues both unrighteous sinners and self-righteous sinners. No matter our condition, He pursues the lost. If you're feeling like the younger son, that being a representation of the tax collectors and sinners, the younger son reminds us that our sin can never exhaust the grace of God. And He will always welcome home rebellious children once they repent and turn to him. The older brother represents the Jewish leaders and it reminds us that we should never presume God's grace or be resentful when he offers grace to undeserving people because guess what? I don't deserve his grace and neither do you. So the question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to lean into Jesus? My question for you is this. Who is Jesus to you? If you want to know more about who Jesus is, if you want to know more about the gospel, we'll be open tomorrow at 9 a.m. And one of the pastors here will love to talk to you. I encourage you, continually read your scriptures. Look at the truth of what this is showing us, the love of the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And continually connect with those who treasure Jesus above all things. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we don't know who's watching, but you do. And Lord, we pray for those hearts. We pray that, that we all, no matter where we are, turn to you, turn to your love, desire to know you as Lord and Savior, Jesus. Help us seek your face. Help us admit that we need you. And Lord, I pray above all, that we know your love. Lord, you are good and faithful. 
And we thank you for you. Be with us tonight, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to God Loves to Reclaim Lost People, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of a teaching in Luke 15 by our youth and young adult leader, Pastor Matthew Colomi. If you'd like to watch a video of that teaching in its entirety with a time of worship, you can subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Just visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Now, you'll want to subscribe to the Living Truth YouTube channel and click the little bell icon because then you'll be notified of the live 633 event this Sunday. Yes, it's true. Pastor Michael got some guests from Biola University, as well as myself, and we'll be discussing how you can navigate these crazy times we're living in. Now, even if some things are starting to sort of get back to normal, our society is not quite back to normal yet. But we're going to be talking about what is normal. Should we be going back to the way things were? We'll be discussing that and any questions you might have. Again, it's a free live-streamed interactive event, and it's called Navigating the Times. And it's this Sunday at 6.33 p.m. Pacific Time. You can find our YouTube channel when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Church. That's walkintruth.com and click on Church. Now, come back tomorrow for a teaching by Pastor Michael in Galatians 5 called Tug of War. Now, that actually sounds pretty relevant to the times, right? Anyway, I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, bless, and equip you during these wacky times. God bless. God bless.